guys, it's Ryan. Thanks for tuning into Theology-ish. Before we jump in, I just want to emphasize that the discussions on this podcast are exploratory in nature and delve into a variety of theological perspectives. They do not strictly represent or define our personal stances on the faith nor the doctrine of our affiliated churches. We encourage listeners to reflect, question, and seek guidance from their local church leaders. Our goal is to foster understanding and curiosity. We ask that you listen with a humble and discerning mind. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Theology-ish, your favorite theology podcast. I am one of your hosts, William Berry, and today with me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly! Yep, that's him. That's that's Ryan Kelly. Need some, like, John Cena music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, I don't know what that was. That but was I don't my think attempt. It was John at, Cena. That was my attempt at the the John Cena horns. You know, that was something. Well, I'm not a big fan of wrestling, so no, me neither. I'm so. only tentatively familiar. Anyway, hello Ryan. Hello William. How are you? I am fan freaking tastic. How are you? I am good. Pretty hungry, but I'm good. Hi, pretty hungry. I'm William. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun joke. Anyway, so today's going to be a little different than usual, William. Oh, is it, Ryan? It it sure is. Do you want to tell people why that is? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Uh, I guess um, I'll do it then. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about something a little bit different than our other topics. Last episode was a bit heavy. As we talked about Satan, and the episode before that was also a bit heavy because we talked about Nazis. So this episode, we're going to do something a little bit lighter, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, so <laughs> I have an excuse for this episode, I swear. It's not a good one. Well, I mean, but you know, what are you going to do? Long story short, William and I both apparently can't count to three because we thought we had an extra week than we did before we had to record again and then realized oh wait we're out of episodes we have to record this weekend not next weekend um so we i i kind of had to scramble to put some stuff together and realized man i don't have enough time to prepare for another episode the way i'd like to and my philosophy for this is if i am incapable of preparing for something to talk about on this show well enough to know that it's going to be good, then I don't want to talk about it. So I was pondering on the things that I could talk about without really having to think about it. And as a turbo nerd, the thing that came to <laughs> mind for you was the Star Wars. Yes. Um, so I thought it would be fun to do a goofy little episode where we draw some religious comparisons to the Star Wars universe. We talk about the religious symbolism and the theology therein. Yes, because uh, anyone who's watched much of Star Wars will know that there's actually quite a bit of that. Um, they they based a lot of, of stuff in the Star Wars universe on real-life religious groups and belief systems. And allow me to put in a caveat. Yes. 
I've seen some of some of the Star Wars. Yeah, so let's let's uh, start there. I have seen every conceivable Star Wars thing there is. I've consumed all things Star Wars. Every movie, every TV show, every video game, a, a few of the books and comics from over the decades. Not yeah. all of them. Turbo nerd. Yeah, uh, Star Wars is like my favorite thing on how, planet how about Earth. lego star wars dude i love lego star wars it's so good all right um y'all can't see it but william can and in our little recording studio here which is really just my spare bedroom i have a shelf full of star wars legos that i've collected over the years kind of just sitting there i've spent more money on those than i should have i love star wars i fell asleep halfway through episode four I saw, I think, all of episode one. I saw about half of episode two. Uh, and I'm a big fan of the memes. Shameful. That, that's that's it. That's my Star Wars uh, experience. And, you know, I know all of the Star Wars stuff because you can't exist in the 21st century in America and not. So I already know everything that's like broad strokes you know yeah i I know the story and just so you all know i'm not going to watch them so don't you don't have to email me or leave comments telling me to watch star wars because i'm not gonna do i'll take it a step further and and just put it out there william doesn't like star wars and my goal for the night is to convince ryan that star wars is actually a neo-pagan psyop meant to convince (laughs) you that christianity is wicked and that you should also become a neo-pagan yeah so basically william's just gonna bag on star wars for like 45 minutes while i'm gonna point out how it's not really a religious comparison and how it is intentionally malicious propaganda to make you question your faith Mm. Mm. You've got some uh, some thoughts on George Lucas, then I'm sure. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk Star Wars. So if you don't know what Star Wars is, you've been living under a rock since the 70s because it's Star Wars. <laughs> um, so I'm not even going to bother explaining what that is. It's yeah. Yeah, it's it's a space Disney opera. don't sue us. Yeah, it's a space opera sci-fi. They never series. sing in Italian in the entire thing. No. And yet you claim it's a space opera. There is, however, an Italian alien with four arms that runs an Italian 1950s style diner in the Coruscant Underworld in episode two. Which is about the part where I turned it off. (laughs) That's about the part, because he goes, well, 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 Obi-Wan Kenobi, what do you know? And then he's he's an Italian-American. Have a seat! Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in a long time. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a space opera sci-fi flick series. Now... I'm going to put this out there right here and right now. Disney ruined Star Wars. Disney made Star Wars the worst. I hate Disney. And I hope that Disney goes into bankruptcy as a result of that. I know they won't, but I hope they do because I'm so mad about it. And 
I could do an entire episode just bagging on Disney Star Wars and how it took everything good about Star Wars and ruined it, but we're not going to do that today. Somehow, Palpatine returned. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's... See, hmm. this is a great thing about me not being a Star Wars fan. My blood pressure didn't go up when I said those words. Oh, mine sure did. But I, I can see the vein popping out of Ryan's head. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to ask you to do a little editing right now. The discussions on this podcast are exploratory in nature and delve into a variety of theological perspectives. They do not strictly represent or define our personal stances on the faith nor the doctrine of our affiliated churches. We encourage listeners to reflect, question, and seek guidance from their local church leaders. Anyway. Anyway. Uh... So, yeah. Um. So... Star Wars starts in the 1970s with a man named George Lucas, who basically decides, I've got this idea for a movie, and he takes it around to, like, ten different movie studios, and not a single one wants to do it. And the only studio that greenlights this project is 20th Century Fox. Now, I don't know how much you know about the history of 20th Century Century Fox, William, but in the 1970s, they were financially down under and doing very bad. They were, in fact, on the brink of shutting down because they were doing so bad. That was the only studio that would greenlight this project. And, you know, while I understand that the OG trilogy is widely considered one of the best trilogies ever put to the silver screen... Yes. Despite the fact that Yoda is voiced by Grover from Sesame Street and <laughs> sounds like Grover if he had a stroke. Despite this, the little green space frog raked in the cash. His ketamine addiction. Yeah, yeah, he had to feed his... <laughs> addicted to ketamine. I am. Mm-hmm. 50 grams I will inject. Willing to do terrible things mm, to feed my anyway, addiction. Yeah, so, mm, yes. Yeah, so 20th Century Fox, this this studio that's on the verge of, of going out of business due to poor decisions, is the only studio and that greenlights the Star project. Wars was perhaps another poor decision. I mean, it paid off for them financially in the well, end. Yeah, but I'm just um, saying, like, culturally, are we, better, are we really better off as a culture for having had Star Wars? Culturally, no, and I think that much is fair to say. As a society, the decline of the Western civilization was started by the green lighting of Star Wars. Well, that's that's a little strong, but you're you're not wrong entirely. Um, As much as I love Star Wars, it what it has become and the things that it has given birth to are bad, unfortunately. But let's let's move past that to uh, how in New Zealand, Jediism is a Real religion that people can go and participate in at the Jedi Temple there, and yeah. how the fact that George Lucas instituted a new religion in the world, on purpose or otherwise, means that there are just that many more people who are not following the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ryan, it's true. So which would would you say? Would you say that it's a, it's a net positive? The Jediism is now a thing people can go. No, to. in fact, yeah. I, I say this as the biggest Star Wars nerd there there is. Star Wars was a mistake. And yes, 
Yes, it was. I will go as far to say as media as a thing is a mistake. Because, man... Media? Just media in media general? Media in general. I, I, I truly believe this. If we didn't have TV and movies and social media and cell phones and the internet, life would be so much better. Take the potato pill, bro. I, I fully believe be- that. Become an Amish. But it's here, and I love Star Wars, so it, it is what it be. Yeah. Um, and but, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars comes out in the 1970s, and... At that time, it was not known as Episode Four: A New Hope. It was just Star Wars. That's all it was. And it came out, and the expectations were for it were pretty low. But by some miracle, or maybe not, depending on who you ask, William, it ends up being a massive financial success. So much so that it pulls 20th Century Fox off the ledge of death. And puts them right on top and pretty quickly becomes one of the most, one of the highest grossing films in history at that point. Like instantly. It is an immediate hit. Which, to be fair, it deserves over Avatar. Yes. uh, Can you quote one line of dialogue from, from the Avatar movie? No. No, no, you can't. I can name a single character from that movie. I can't which even is do the that. main character whose name is Jake. I, that I is had all no I idea. know. And that is the highest grossing movie or yeah, it one is. of them. It still it is. Still is. It, it, it lost it for a minute, but then they re-released it in China to get it back and it worked. I, I've so. never known anyone that's like a fan My of wife. that movie. Really? Grace is a Grace loves that movie. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, anyway, yeah, at the time, it was it in, pretty much instantly became one of the highest grossing films ever. And so George Lucas is like, man, that was great. Now, 20th Century Fox is like rolling in it, right? Uh, Sam Witwer, who is a very prominent figure in the Star Wars community for his voice acting talents within... The whole Star Wars thing. What is he? Is he Yoda? No. So he first got on in one of the video games, The Force Unleashed, mm. playing the main character, uh, uh, yeah, Galen yeah. Merrick, aka Star Killer. Yeah. He also voiced Palpatine in those games. I, I um, had uh, the PlayStation Three version of that game. Yeah. It was fun. Um, he later ended up voicing Darth Maul in the Clone Wars TV series, as well as the Rebels TV series, um, as well as Darth Sidious in in those uh, shows as well. He's He's been doing Star Wars voice acting for decades now. Um, very talented voice actor. Love him to death. Um, he, he loves to tell this story of how 20th Century Fox is out here popping champagne. Because, man, that Cleopatra movie or whatever we did was awful. And we were about to die. But, man, this Star Wars thing, it's going great. We're on top of the world, baby. And so they're like, no, we should do a sequel. We should do a sequel to Star Wars. And they're like, yeah, let's get a sequel going. It's going to be great. And there's this lawyer in the back of the room just sweating as he's holding the contract to Star Wars. And they're like, Jerry, get over here, man. We're popping champagne. What are you doing? We're going to do a sequel to Star Wars. And he's like, yeah, um, no, we're not. And they're like, what do you mean? No, we're not. And he's like, well, I've got the, uh, I've got the, the, the contract to Star Wars here. We don't own Star Wars. 
<laughs> we don't have the rights to make a Star Wars sequel. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he goes, the thing that we signed? George Lucas held all rights to any future Star Wars projects and all things that fall under that in perpetuity. We can't make another Star Wars movie. So George Lucas says, I'm going to independently produce the sequel to Star Wars. Which he can now do because he's rolling in it. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, check it out, guys. We're going we're gonna to go to this ice planet called Hoth and... and Luke's gonna use the force and it's gonna be great and all this stuff and and 20th Century Fox cries. They cry a lot and rightfully so because the sequel to Star Wars episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back is even more successful than the first Star Wars film. And that's the one where he climbs inside the space cow, right? Yeah. He lives inside the space. Is this the one with the worm? Worm. The big worm on like the planet. If memory serves, yes. But in it's like an asteroid. Nineteen seventy something looked great. Yes. But in modern times, looks like a really dinky puppet. Yeah. It it looks like a puppet, and it kills me. You can see the little wire that they're dangling the little spaceship on as the worm tries yeah. and eats it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that was episode like, five. This um, is entertainment. Yeah, that was even more successful than the first film. So then he goes and finishes the trilogy with episode six, Return of the Jedi, which, if memory serves, is not as financially successful as the last one was, but was still a major box office hit. Which is the the, the one where we find out, spoiler, the Darth Vader. No. no. You find that out in episode five. You find that out in episode At five? At the end of episode five, there's a showdown between Luke and Darth Vader on Cloud City where they fight. And then Luke loses his hand. Right. And then he's like, Obi-Wan lied to you about your father. I, uh, and he's no. like, oh, he, I, he told me Doesn't enough. Vader die at the end of that? No. No? Vader doesn't get killed by Luke See, this point? is why you need to watch the well, movies. Well, I'm not um, going to. I really No, they care. fight. Luke loses his hand. He's like, yeah, Obi-Wan told me enough. You killed my father. And then he goes, no, I am your father. And then Luke screams, no. And then Vader goes, you know it to be true. Search your feelings. And then they they go back and forth a little bit, and then he's like, join me, and together we can rule the galaxy. And then Luke decides to jump off of Cloud City into Become a tube Space instead. Hitler Jr. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, no, that's in episode five, you find that out. And then in episode six, that whole movie is pretty much about Luke redeeming his father and trying to bring him back. And then at the end of episode six, as they are fighting... Uh, Luke has Vader on his deathbed, basically, and is able to strike him down. And Darth Sidious is all like, do it, kill him, and we shall rule the galaxy ourselves. And then Luke, in his heroism, throws his weapon down and says, no, I won't kill my father. So Sidious starts electrocuting Luke. And then Vader, in a moment of glory, turns back to the light side and throws Sidious down a a reactor chamber, killing him. And... And then shortly thereafter dies, um, but not before finally turning back to the light and redeeming himself. See, I, I'm not so sure that he does. We'll get to that. So I'm, let's. I'm not so. <laughs> so that's that's the success story that is the original trilogy. Yes. So and now we get to the prequels. Kinda. So at this point, George Lucas decides to semi-retire. He is divorced at this point, or about to divorce. One of the two. Which just shows how much reverence he has for holy things because he 
did not maintain holy matrimony. Yeah, and um, in the process of all this, decides to take a break from directing and adopts two or three kids, I think. Um, I forget exactly how many, but he adopts a few kids. And so he takes a good few years off to raise his children. Um, Also worth noting, George Lucas only directed the first Star Wars film. He did not direct episodes five or six. He stepped back from director from those two movies and, and demoted himself basically to executive producer. What was his role in the prequels? He directed those, if memory serves. Okay, well, he, I, I think. he shouldn't have. Yeah, he um, should but have done The Empire else. Tracks Back and Return of the Jedi, he was just an executive producer slash writer. So he didn't technically direct those, which a lot of people don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he takes a break and then goes back and makes the prequels, which at first were a hit financially. I don't like The Sam. first movie at first made bank because, oh my God, it's a new Star Wars film, right? Yeah. And then people, and then people watched, watched it. it. And by golly. <laughs> and then episode two came out. And that's the one where Anakin says. And it says, was worse. I don't like sand. It's yeah. coarse and rough. And it gets, it gets everywhere. everywhere. But not, not like you. You're all things soft and smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one was the worst Star Wars film to date. If I can just throw this out there. For any of our listeners who might be single. And you might be thinking about uh, telling a girl that you like that you don't like sand, but she's not like sand, and so you like her. Don't do that. Don't. It's not smooth. Yeah, but... smooth move. Episode two comes out. No one really likes it. It's kind of a flop. And then... Rightly so. If, if It's terrible. Episode three comes out. It does fine financially because it's Star Wars, and Star Wars will always do fine financially. That's just how it is. People don't really like that one too much either. And so George Lucas decides, fine, you guys don't want to play with me anymore. I'll leave. And then in 2012, sells it to Disney. George Lucas, why? (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Yeah, and then Disney did a whole bunch of stuff that we're not even going to bother talking about because I hate it. (laughs) Fair enough. uh, Although I do like uh, the pictures I've seen on the internet of... uh Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, where he's got his pants, like, all the way up to his chest. <laughs> yeah. He's shirtless, and he's just, like, got high-waisted riding pants. There have been some good memes out of yeah. out of the Disney uh, stuff. Ben that they just suck. Ben, ben Swallow. Yeah. I yeah. like that picture of Adam Driver. I'm Ray. Ray Skywalker. No, you're not. No, you're not. Wow. Anyway, so that's so that's violent. that's the story of Star Wars as an entity. Let's actually dive into Star Wars now. All right, the Star Wars Let's War talk about the lore. Star Wars universe and draw some religious comparison just for fun so that it sort of has something to do with theology. Kind of. Good luck. Thanks. I'm here to ruin fun. So, in the Star Wars universe, there exists this thing that's called the Force. Which is impersonal, mind you. Yes, so it's really not anything like the god of Christianity, is it? No, and... No, it's not. Anyway, I, I've carry heard, on. I've heard some people kind of compare it to, like, the Holy Spirit and that it's this thing that lives inside you that lets you do miraculous stuff, right? But Which again, it's... To, to that extent, 
the force sure. is always impersonal, and yes. it's highly deterministic whether or not you have access to the force based off your mitochondrion count. Yes, so, which we're going to get into. But there's this thing called the force, and the force flows through everything. It is omnipresent it, and all-powerful, It's basically. more like a, a Hindu kind of, uh, I think it's called Brahman or something. It's like the... Yeah, or it's the like, life force of the universe. Or it's or like chi, right? Yeah, some, it's um, closer to that than anything resembling Yeah, we'll get a little bit into that. But it's this thing. It flows through everything. It's always present all the time. And there are two sides to the force, the light side and the dark side, a.k.a. the good guy side and the bad guy side. The good guy side lets people who can use the force do stuff like move things with their mind and jump really high and... Jedi mind trick, so temporarily, like, mind control someone, basically. Or in recent times with some of the new movies or or some of the comics and stuff, they can heal people's wounds with the Force. Fail right? to overcome ketamine addiction. <laughs> force power does, though. Yeah. Whereas the dark side of the Force gives people access to such abilities as choking people with the Force or shooting lightning out of your fingertips. I want the lightning power. Can I yeah. get the lightning power without being evil? Yes and no. Can Can you explain to me why lightning is evil? No. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's the good side and the bad side to the Force, the light and the dark. So way, way long ago in the Star Wars universe, there are these two groups that are formed, the Jedi and the Sith. They're basically, there are these groups of people who had access to using the Force and decided to use it differently. The Jedi said, no, that darkness stuff is awful and you shouldn't do it. And the Sith, the bad people, were like, oh, that light crap, we don't need it. That that darkness stuff, do it. Do it. Give me the hand lightning, baby. Yeah. I want them hand lightnings. And that leads to a centuries, potentially millennia-long war between the two. And it's a really brutal war, and somewhere in the middle of it, the Jedi and the Sith learn to create these things called lightsabers, a.k.a. laser swords, a.k.a. the coolest fantasy weapon in modern sci-fi. Don't at me. So basically, there are these hilts you make of whatever the heck you want that contain a thing called a kyber crystal, which is this little colorful crystal that is that is like strongly in tune with the force. So now we're getting into like healing crystals and stuff. So yeah. like new age occultic kind of uh shenaniganry. Yeah. So there there are these colorful crystals that are strong in connection with the force. And then by adding technology to that they can focus that power into a controlled light. A controlled laser which is the blade of the lightsaber, which is capable of cutting through almost anything, and it's super cool, and they make whooshy sounds, and they're they're cool. Um, skip ahead way, way later to this era right before the first movie takes place. Yoda is alive and part of the Jedi Council. Not addicted to ketamine yet. He is. Exactly. And basically, Sober for now. there are these group of Jedi who have a premonition through the Force. They see something from the future. And what they see is that there will one day come a chosen one, someone who is immensely powerful in the Force, who will bring balance to the Force, leaving it not only in light or in darkness, but in perfect balance, righting the universe. 
And that kind of just goes by for a while, and people more or less forget about it. Um, Also worth noting that at this point, a while ago, the Sith institute something called the Rule of Two, which states there can only ever be two Sith, no more and no less, a master and an apprentice. And that to continue the cycle of the Sith, the apprentice will one day overthrow the master taking his place and then take a new apprentice under their wing. Which, I'm just going to throw this out there. That does not, for a stable institution, make. It's kind of, kind of a bad rule. Yes, and the reason they instituted it is because back in the day where there were, you know, hundreds, thousands of Sith running around, because the whole Sith thing is power and being in control, they weren't just fighting the Jedi, they were fighting each other. And there were a lot of, like, Civil War stuff things happening, and they were killing each other. And so, basically, this dude, Darth Bane, one of the more powerful Sith of the time, went, Hey, if the Sith are ever going to succeed in taking over the galaxy, we can't keep fighting each other. Therefore, there will only ever be two of us. And it will stay that way forever so that we can work from the shadows and take over the galaxy that way. So, the Jedi basically end up in this time of peace for for thousands of years where they haven't seen a uh, a sith in thousands of years everything's great well this this prophecy foretells that someone will bring balance to the force because as it is now there's way too much light and not enough darkness so someone's got to balance that out right which is again definitely not in accordance with anything of christianity no but the christian ideal is for everything to we're be, just going you know, to accept that's how it is commiserate with the the good yeah we'll, we'll just accept that's how it is yeah. we'll just carry on with your neo-pagan propaganda yeah so fast forward to the time of the movies and the jedi order can be very closely uh associated with buddhist monks and this is our, our first religious comparison here, is that uh, George Lucas has talked about, actually, how he specifically designed, like, the Jedi as an entity, as an organization, to reflect Buddhist monks. That was his inspiration for the Jedi. So the Jedi are all about meditation and finding inner peace with oneself and with with attunement with the Force, a.k.a. Chi, or, you know, whatever energy that Buddhists believe in, and that kind of thing. So the Jedi are basically space Buddhist monks who have access to magic force powers. That's what the Jedi are, right? Yes. And in some ways, I guess you could look at the Sith as, I don't know, Satanists a little bit to an extent. I was going to say space Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, space Nazis is a good yep, one. Space Nazis. Basically, we're going to use the force to uh, further ourselves and accomplish our own goals, and that's going to be that. So, that that's the Jedi and the Sith. They're they're space monks with magic powers because reasons. And uh, space Nazis who also have magic powers. Yes, because reasons. And that's when we get into midi-chlorians, which we're not going to talk a lot about. But basically, George Lucas retconned the Force in Episode 1 and said, yeah, actually, everyone has these microscopic organisms in their bloodstream called midi-chlorians. And the more of those someone has, the more likely they are to be able to use the Force. And the more of those someone has, the more powerful in the Force they are. Which is why in Episode 1, Anakin has, quote, 
the largest midi-chlorian count I've ever seen in a living being, more than even Master Yoda, who is the Grand Master of the Jedi Order. Yeah, so Anakin— And is, like, 900 years old. Anakin, the little slave boy, who Padme, who's, like, 20, is, like— <laughs> She's 16. 16, fine. He's— Like, 10, 9, 11, eight. I want to say, somewhere around there. He, he's— He's 10 or 11. She's 16. She is too old to have a crush on this little boy. Yes. So here's where we get the next religious comparison, which is Anakin Skywalker as the chosen one, which is— I'm going to hit you with a boot, Ryan. Oh, I know. I, I, know, I know where you're going with this, and I'm going to throw a boot at but you. But this, this obviously is what George Lucas was getting at when he Fine, wrote this go character, for it. right? Say it. So— Anakin Skywalker, as the Chosen One, will bring balance to the Force and right the galaxy. And there's a lot of Jesus-esque comparison that is made with him that George Lucas wrote by design. I am not saying that he's Jesus. I am saying that was what George Lucas had in mind when he wrote the character. Except for the part where he becomes, you know, space Hitler. Yeah, and we're going to get to that. So, basically... Anakin was born through the force. There was no father. He was a virgin birth, much like Jesus. Any Anything to say about that, William? I'm going to hit you with a shoe. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um. <laughs> virgin birth, he was born through the force. And the force more or less gave birth to him to correct the galaxy and balance it. So he comes along and... Qui-Gon Jinn, this Jedi master, is like, oh, I'll train him. Played by Liam Neeson. Yeah, I'll train him. Uh, and then Darth Maul, this scary Satan-looking dude, comes along and stabs him. He's he's the one with the double-sided lightsaber. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah, um, yeah he kills him. And then Obi-Wan. Stabs him real good. Obi-Wan, who was Qui-Gon's apprentice, says, hmm, that was bad, and then kills Darth Maul in turn. You'd think that uh, Darth Maul who beats the master, Qui-Gon, would not also... You'd think that he would be able to easily beat Obi-Wan, yet Obi-Wan, taught by Qui-Gon, is able to beat Darth Maul. Yeah, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's Not only that, that makes Obi-Wan the first Jedi in centuries to successfully defeat a Sith in combat, because no one has seen one in thousands of years. Uh, I, I will... Be honest, I, I do like Obi Wan. I, like, I like Obi Wan's character. Yeah, but so the rest of Star Wars. Sucks. He then says, "I will take Anakin on and train him in the ways of the Force." Because so he's the he automatically one. becomes a master because his master is dead. Or like, no, no. So he becomes a Jedi Knight. Oh, of course. and between movies, he becomes a master. Ah, naturally. Yeah, but he's a Jedi Knight. Anakin's his apprentice, and Samuel L. Jackson, a.k.a. Mace Windu, is like, he's too old to be trained as a Jedi, because you have to be kidnapped as a child, basically, to be trained as a Jedi. And he says, well, I'll do it anyway, so you might as well just let me do it. And he goes, fine, I guess. So they do that. So, skip forward. Anakin and Padme have a secret relationship, which Which, is super creepy. And against the rules for the Jedi? Yes, so the Jedi are not celibate, per se. Jedi are, like, allowed to participate in, like, sexual activity. They are not, however, allowed to have attachments. That's one of their core, like, belief systems, is 
no attachments except through the force, right? Because all you need is the force, and any attachment you have is a weakness, and it will lead to the dark side, basically. So you you are allowed to indulge carnal desires, but yes. you are not allowed to have those there is only carnal one... desires to be properly ordered by love. Yeah, there's only one canon exception to that. Which is the Jedi Council Master Kiadi Mundi? Isn't he like the weird-looking one? And he's with like, the really tall head. Yeah, yeah, and he's like one of the last few. Yeah, of he's species. one of the the only males left in his species, so he's allowed to have like five wives for the the sake of keeping his species around in the galaxy. It is what it is, I guess. I think George Lucas was a freak. Yeah, you know, you know what I think? I think that after getting divorced, he just hates marriage. So then he <laughs> used Star Wars and the Jedi as, like, a way to poo-poo marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So skip ahead. Anakin and Padme have this secret relationship. And at the end of episode two, they get secretly married. Oh, no. Um, it's real creepy. Space married. Yeah, it's real creepy. Um, so they're married. Uh, during the events of episode two, basically Count Dooku, who was Qui-Gon's master. So... Obi-Wan's master's master. He turned to the dark side, and he's working with Darth Sidious as his new apprentice after Darth Maul is dead. So he's evil now, played by Sir Christopher Lee. God rest his soul. He has passed, unfortunately. Um, so he he shows up, and he's got a curved lightsaber, and that's cool. Um, he cuts how off does, Anakin's arm. How does that work with, you know, the physics of light? I don't know, man. Okay. Well, the blade isn't curved. The hilt is curved. Ah, the hilt. Okay, yeah, sort of fine. like a saber. That's fine. like an actual okay, saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, so on. he cuts off Anakin's hand, and basically, the Obi Wan discovers a plot that was put in place that basically Darth Sidious, who he doesn't know is around at this point, is trying to start a galactic war in order to take over the galaxy, and in doing so, a Jedi Master who is dead now secretly ordered the Kaminoans to create an army of clones, whom the Jedi could use to fight this war. And he discovers that, and then the clones show up, and they fight a bunch of robots, and there's not really a winner or a loser necessarily. Yoda fights Count Dooku, who was Count Dooku's master, by the way, Yoda. They fight. Count Dooku runs away. Anakin and Padme get married. End of movie. And then the the Cartoon Network original series, The Clone Clone Wars, Wars, takes place in between episode... We're not going to talk much about that, but the one thing I'll point out about that series is that there's the introduction of the Mortis gods, who are three beings who are one with the Force and symbolize a specific embodiment of the Force. There's the Father, who is the embodiment of the perfect balance of the Force, the Son, who is the embodiment of the dark side of the Force, and the Daughter, who is the embodiment of the light side of the Force— Anakin, in the events of that show, ends up meeting them, basically, and the father's like, I don't have much time left. You must take my place as the the embodiment of balance. And then the son kills the daughter, so there's no embodiment of the light side anymore, and there's a power vacuum, and a whole bunch of stuff happens. But basically, it's just a way for them to say, yeah, Anakin's the chosen one. And that's that's all that is, basically. Um, So skip ahead to episode three. It's a few years later. Anakin is a Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan is on the Jedi Council. But not a master, mind you. No. Obi-Wan's on the Jedi Council. All is great. Oh, can I can I point something out real quick? Yeah. In episode two, Anakin commits his first genocide 
Yes. Yeah. They're like animals. So I slaughtered them them like like animals. animals. And not just the men, but the women. And the the children, children too. And I hated them. And he tells Padme this. And her response is, oh, Anakin. And then they get married. And she's like, oh, bless your heart. And then they get married. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, I... I did a genocide. Yeah, so anyway. And her response is, you're so quirky. Episode three, the Clone Wars are at its end. The war has almost been won, right? All's great. Uh, Well, Anakin starts having these nightmares that Padme is going to die giving childbirth. And lo and behold, oh no, Padme's pregnant. What is Anakin going to do, William? Commit more genocide. He sure is. That's his answer to everything. Come to find out. Chancellor Palpatine is Darth Sidious, the Sith Lord who has been pulling the strings behind the scenes the whole time in a position of government leadership. Do do we as the audience already know this at this point? Yeah, because the original trilogy came out first and we knew who he was. Okay. It's the same actor and everything. So Ian McDermott, great actor. All Um, right. Yeah, so we know that. Um, And surprise to be sure. Yes. But a welcome one. And over the course of the Clone Wars, he has been seducing Anakin slowly to the dark side, which you see. I thought you were going to say something else. No, you you see his slow descent into evil, basically. And then at the end of the Clone Wars, um, basically, Chancellor Palpatine gets kidnapped. Anakin and Obi-Wan go to save him. Anakin defeats him. Uh, Obi-Wan's unconscious, and he's he's got him at his blade point. He's like, I could I could kill him. And so Chancellor Palpatine is like, good, Anakin, good. Kill him. Kill him now. And so Anakin's like, I shouldn't. Do it. It's not the Jedi way. And Palpatine's response is, do it. And so Anakin beheads him, despite the fact that he just cut both of his hands off and is completely disarmed. So he called, I don't want to say in cold blood necessarily, but he, he straight up murders him. Well, he, he was kind of a, you know, space Nazi. So. Yeah, but he, he straight <laughs> you know. up murders him. Well, so then they leave you know. and everything's great. Yeah. Over Anna, the plot like, of the movie. But, Ryan. Yeah. You say that like Anakin is not known to straight up murder people. At this point, he's already done a genocide. Yeah. He killed many families. He yeah. murdered babies ryan yeah so move forward and the jedi council goes you're welcome on this council but you are not granted the rank of master and he's like what that's unfair it's ridiculous it's outrageous it's It's unfair yeah and then they tell him to shut up and he's like okay sorry um and then some more stuff happens and at the end of the movie he fully turns to the dark side and he's like fine i'll i'll join palpatine after he murders mace windu (laughs) And more children. Yeah. Well, not yet. So not he, yet. No, he, okay. he becomes yeah. Darth Vader as, as Sidious so deems him and then tells him, go kill everyone at the Jedi temple. And he goes, everyone. And then Sidious goes, everyone. Then he goes in and then you get that famous scene where all the Jedi start dying because of order 66. Yes. Which is almost the, 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 the evil number. Um, I, I had a professor in college who gave us one exam every semester. Yeah. And he dubbed it exam 66 because he gave it two thirds of the way through the semester. So it's 66% of the way through. 
also he was a Star Wars fan. Nice. Not anymore because of the yeah. things Disney has done. Yeah. But he had been a Star Wars fan. Yeah, so Anakin turns to the dark side. He slaughters a bunch of children as well as not children. He just massacres the entire Jedi Order, basically. And then he goes to Mustafar to kill all of the Separatist leaders to end the war for good. So he goes there and he murders them. Or he ends the war for evil. Yeah, so then (laughs) Obi-Wan tracks him to Mustafar, the volcano planet, and then says, what have you done? And he's like, I have brought security, peace, and justice to my new empire. And then Obi-Wan goes, your new empire? And then they argue for a minute, and then they fight. It's over, Anakin. Mm. I have the high but ground. But not before Anakin chokes his wife almost to death. Yeah, Padme. His pregnant wife. He, he tries to kill his own wife. Yeah, so they fight, and it's a pretty even match, the whole fight. Uh, at the same time, Darth Sidious is fighting Yoda. Um, Yoda and Sidious more or less come to a stalemate, and then Yoda runs away and goes, Into exile, I must go. Ketamine, I must acquire. Then he screws off. Yeah, um, that's when he becomes addicted to the sauce. Yeah, and then... At the end of Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight, Obi-Wan gets something. What does he get, William? Uh, he gets all of Anakin's limbs. I was going to I was going to say the high ground. Oh, he gets the high ground, but yeah. uh, he also gets It's over Anakin. He I have the high ground. He, he gets then, his arms. Yeah, apparently he underestimates his power and then instead of doing something reasonable, Anakin decides to flip over obi-wan for some reason like totally defenselessly and then he chops off all three of his organic limbs and then he catches fire and then he's like you were my brother Anakin. i loved you which is a really heartbreaking moment because if you recall jedi aren't allowed to have attachments oh but obi-wan still loved him like a brother and it hurts every time and then he takes his lightsaber and he leaves him for dead and I'm just saying, had he just killed Space Hitler then and there, he wouldn't have gone on to become Space Hitler. Yeah, so then Sidious shows up, he rebuilds him with robot stuff, puts him in a black suit, and now Darth Vader's here. And then he's like, where is Padme? Is she okay? Is she all right? And then he's like, it seems in your anger you killed her. No! And then Padme dies in childbirth, giving birth to Luke and Leia. So Who Luke are is, important in the original trilogy. Yeah, so Luke is sent to a farm desert planet to be a slave boy, basically, like his father. And Leia is sent with royalty <laughs> to be a princess. It's not clear which one of these children were preferred over the other. Yeah, so then we're going to fast forward through a lot of the original trilogy. All you need to know is that Obi-Wan has been watching over Luke. Luke becomes a Jedi. Obi-Wan dies fighting Darth Vader and becomes a Force ghost, because that's a thing you can do. Then Luke and Vader fight. Luke loses an arm, finds out he's his father, and then runs away. And then in the last film, he, after some training from Yoda on Dagobah, goes out to finally confront his Mm, father. Learn techniques. They fight, mind you, over the last uh, about 20 or so years, Vader and Palpatine have been ruling the galaxy with an iron fist like space Nazis do. Yep, space Hitler. killing a lot of people. They build the Death Star. They blow up planets. The Death Star explodes, so they build a second one. That one explodes, too. Um, Basically, Luke... They just keep building Death Star, Luke and his ragtag group of fellows go after the Empire, and then in the process, at the end of it all, redeems Anakin 
and brings him back to the light side, who then finally brings balance to the force by sacrificing himself. Now, you, I know what you're going to say, which is if he had just not become space Hitler, none of that would have been well, necessary. N- no, I, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, is he really, does he really redeem him? Does he really redeem himself? He still did like four different genocides yes, and that I, an as in, a non-Star Wars fan, am aware of. There's an in-universe explanation for why that had to happen. And the reason is, so if he never became Darth Vader, okay? If he never turned to the dark side and committed numerous genocides, right? In doing so, the way that it is, the Jedi are still around and there's thousands of them. And they're still just to Sith. There can be no balance as long as it's like that. So to bring balance to the the universe, what he had to do was kill all the Jedi. And here so, I hear you, but in becoming hear me Darth Vader, he was fulfilling his destiny by massacring the Jedi. Hear me out. Make more Sith. But the Sith won't do that. Because you become the leader of the Sith and just change the rule, man. There's two of you. Who's gonna Who's gonna get in your way? Yes. Just make more of them, and that you do the same thing. Would make more sense, but that's not how it'd be. Yeah. And, and so that's what, why he had to become Space Hitler, and it's awful. And then at the what, end, what we end up getting, what George Lucas ends up putting on a silver poo poo platter for us is that eugenics are cool if there are too many of a particular type of people. Yeah, and then. He sacrifices himself, killing him and the Emperor, leaving only Luke as the the sole remaining Jedi. Um, well, somehow, Palpatine, Palpatine returned. returned. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about that because as, as far as I'm concerned, those aren't canon. But basically, the whole saga is just the story of this sad little slave boy who turns into Hitler and then turns into Jesus kind of at the end of it all. And not, not really. At the end not of the really. day, be, does become the embodiment of the balance of the Force as a Force ghost. And now there's some other stuff going on with some of like the Disney shows and stuff where he's back and doing some some cool stuff. That's actually pretty good because some talented people are working on it. Uh, but the Disney movies can go screw themselves. Um, so that's that's the story of Star Wars in a nutshell. Um, slave boy Hitler turns. Jesus turned Hitler turned Jesus again. Mm. And yeah. So Ryan, uh, now that here we are at the end of this. Yeah. Care to explain to me what this has to do with uh, theology? Well, Anakin is meant to be a representation of Jesus turned no, Hitler. No, he's not. I mean, it's, he is. Like That's like, the intention. It's the, bad, but... but. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's Space Jesus turned Hitler, turned back into Space Jesus. Or George Lucas conceptualized Hitler as a sort of chosen one and then presented that in the guise of Darth Vader. And he just uses religious language at the beginning of it that's making you say that it has something to do with Jesus. When really, yeah. all things considered, Anakin consistently acts way more like Hitler than he does oh, Jesus. Oh, definitely, yeah. He, he does a lot of murder, which is something Jesus never did any of. Yeah, so, and, you know. I don't know. Eh. There there could be some comparisons drawn with Luke and the whole 
the son redeeming the father thing, which is kind of religious in nature, I suppose. It's fine. Mm. 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 I think it's probably healthier to uh, enjoy Star Wars as a fun little thing that involves Jar Jar Binks going, unfortunately, Mesa in space. Yeah, and really, and, and the biggest, the biggest comparison as far as we should go. The biggest comparison there really is to draw is just that the Jedi are basically space monks, and they do space monk things like meditate and seek inner peace, like real life monks do, which is cool, I guess. And there are various other like religious groups in Star Wars that we could talk about, like uh, the witches of Dathomir that use the dark side of the Force to use magic. They're probably more akin to, like, Satanists and occultists who do magic. Sweet. I mean, they're... <laughs> so, Darth Maul was raised by them. He was really? born on Dathomir. His, oh, yeah. his mother, Mother Talzin, is the leader of the Dathomir witches. Is that why he's so creepy looking? Yes, that's okay. what his race looks like. Oh. Well, now I feel racist. Not specifically, like, the tattoos. Like, they all get their own tattoos that look different. But they got, like, horns. They all have the horns and, like, the red skin okay. and stuff. Yeah. Well, then I feel less racist. But, yeah, no. So they're even for, his, even for his group of people, he's kind of a freak. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there, there are other religious groups in the Star Wars universe we could talk about. We don't have time for that. But at the end of the day, it's a goofy space sci-fi thriller. It's, it's a space opera. It's fun. And it's probably healthier for you to consume it as such. Yes. If you consume it at all, I encourage you to do something better with your time. Ryan, uh, could you quickly approximate how much time you've spent watching and consuming Star Wars media lifetime? <sighs> Look, man, I've seen every movie except the Disney ones, numerous times. I've watched every TV show more than once. I've played most of the video games there are multiple times. I've read more than one of the books and comics. So w would you say it's fair to say a couple hundred hours? Oh, minimum. You... I would argue maybe over a thousand hours if you count everything, like building Star Wars Legos mm. and, you know... You can Various listen to, uh, I believe, the entire Bible in audiobook format in about, what, like 40 Dude, you could hours? read all of Summa Theologica in that time. Y yeah, you could. It's about 3,000-something pages, and if you read about 30 pages an hour, that's, yeah. however, what, 100 hours? Yeah. So but you could have read the Summa Theological dozens of times over. At the over. end of the day, it's a fun sci-fi property for entertainment purposes, and, and I, I hold it very dearly. And I'm glad you like it, and I hope that I was able to ruin it for you just a little bit tonight. Well, a little more than Disney already Everything did. you had to say I've heard a million times because it's Star Wars, and also anything you could do, Disney's done worse already. Yeah. No one hates Star Wars quite as much as a Star Wars fan. It's true. Um... All of these things said, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you got something <laughs> enjoyable out of this episode. It was different. Um, next week, we will be back to our normal sort of thing. Um, in the meanwhile, please feel free to drop us a like, follow, and subscribe. Leave a comment. If you leave a comment on 
or not a comment, a uh, review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your review on the air. And so say nice things there or mean things, whichever thing you'd like to say, and we will give you a shout out. Yeah, let us know if you've got any other episode ideas that you'd like to hear, maybe similar to this one. I don't know. Do you want to hear William talk about the theology of Hero Brian in Minecraft for an hour? Uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, (laughs) Or, I don't know, man, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. I could do like 10 episodes on that. I just got an aneurysm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Or if you've got legitimate episode ideas for stuff that's actually theology related. Any kinds of uh, whatever you guys want to send us please email it to us at theologyish at gmail.com and we will get back to you um, and share this with someone who likes Star Wars and theology that you know and, you know, they can listen to it. Yeah, thanks for uh, listening to me rant for an hour. Yep, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.